Hello, I'm very um, happy to be here in the forest, as you can see. Uh, I wanted to compromise on the lighting so you can see a little bit of the trees, if not the bears and the um, other living organism around me. I'm at Yosemite and I'm not sure if we're going to have the best reception and maybe we will have to um, stop a little bit earlier as check-in is at 11 and I begged for a little at 10 o'clock sorry and I begged for a little bit more time with you guys but we'll see how it works. I wanted to make sure that we talk about what's happening next week and of course the full moon that is coming to us uh, tomorrow and the day after. So there's actually a lot of exciting news and then when I was thinking about uh, what special thing I can talk to you about, I had a little bit of an idea. Let's see how it works. Uh, I was very inspired yesterday by uh, the hikes here in Yosemite among the sequoias and the redwood to uh, uh, work on a class I'm supposed to give in Bulgaria in a cinema, actually, about movies and clips of movies uh, that relates to astrology. I think I did it for a few times during the pandemic, so some of you have uh, experienced it. And when I was working on it, I came up with some ideas that I would like to share and develop with you guys. And maybe you can also be part of that uh, workshop by suggesting movies that might remind you of a certain sign or a character in a movie or a TV show that you think might be associated with a certain archetype. But first, let's look at the full moon. Uh, that's the most important thing we're having this week. Now, um, a little bit of uh, a warning. I think that some of you already uh, know that. I think we talked about it last week, that this weekend, especially yesterday and Friday yesterday and a little bit today, we have the, Venus, the, the opposition of the moon and Venus, which is kind of intense opposition. And I have known many couples that are usually working very well together to have a lot of hardships. So if you're going through some explosion in your relationship, some misunderstanding, issues between the in-laws, uh, challenges about apologies versus uh, next time just talk if you're feeling negative or something like that. Just uh, be aware that it might be that you're stuck there uh, between the archetype of the moon, which is again home, family and what you bring with you to the relationship to Venus, which is your planet of relationships. So any kind of hardships with relationships, with partnerships, that could have been part of uh, what was going on. So sometimes we can understand that there is a certain aspect that's worse or more difficult after it played out, like we talked about it many times, retrospective astrology. It doesn't belittle astrology. It just makes it more of a mystery that someone, we have to go back and read it again. It's like reading another book, a, a book that you really love and reading it another time and figuring out little uh, traps and little treasures in the story. So that's what's been happening in the last two days or so. So if it's been a little bit more intense on your relationships and partnerships, it's definitely that moon uh, opposite to Venus. And also the fact that we are in the shadow of Mercury. And I'm starting to understand the shadow more and more as I'm starting to pay attention to it, uh, as we experience more of these shadows of these Mercury retrogrades that turn out to be more deadly than we suspected. So we are now in the shadow until the 18th, and especially the shadow is strong until the 13th of June. 
And what I think Mercury retrogrades in the shadow can help us is bring out of the shadow of the hidden things, um, of the strange things, bring more information to us that might not as be as pleasant, you know, but it at least it is information, it is data, it's stuff that we can work with, it's stuff that we can uh, grow with, it's like... I don't know. It's like grass for the cows. You know, it can it can enhance your experience. So the Mercury retrograde, remember that things are going to come out of the shadow. You know, things are going to come out of the little caves and present themselves in front of you. Usually there is a reason why we put them in the shadow or in the basement or in the attic or in the uh, closet. You know, there is uh, things that we like to keep away when the guests come, even if these guests are just us. So... These things, these these things that we want to push away from our life and, and put under the rugged or under the hardwood floor, that's the things that usually come up during the shadow. So you can ex- you have already experienced it for a few days and you're going to experience it a little bit longer until at least the 18th. The 18th is when we're out of the shadow. We talked about it. It's two days before the equinox uh, with all the solstice, which is a big, big deal. And we're now moving towards a very important age. You know, Plato, for example, talked about how the ages last about 36,000 years. I mean, I mean, that was his uh, uh, argument. And it could have been that he took it from the Babylonian because the Greek didn't really work with 36 or 60 and 12. It's more the Babylonian. So he probably heard it or took it from them. And when he, he suggested that when we have a lot of planets that are aligned in Cancer and Capricorn, an age changes, which is interesting because if you remember, Cancer begins in the summer solstice, the longest day of the year in the Northern Hemisphere, and the winter solstice begins around Christmas when the day is the shortest. And we talked about how during the winter solstice, the goddess is pregnant and she's giving birth to the child of light, to the Savior. So it makes sense. It's a new age. And both of them are cardinal signs. Cardinal is new beginning. And cancer, of course, is the birthing of humans. So the mother gives birth to us in cancer. That's the first day of cancer. It's the most motherly parental age possible a moment in the zodiac possible and the opposite to it it's the first day of capricorn it's the birthday of the gods we talked about apollo osiris artemis mithras arduk marduk all of the celebrity of the of the light saviors you know but that makes sense that there is a change of a age around that time but it's every 36,000 years but the important thing is to know how important those uh, cancer capricorn and when there's a lot of planets aligned with both these signs things shift for us things move in a pretty dramatic way we experienced it in 2008 of course with pluto movement into capricorn one of the signs we just talked which started off the uh, great recession and we are moving next year i'm starting to work on the 2023 book which is kind of exciting and we next year my god there's so many planets shifting and moving saturn is moving to a different sign Pluto is moving to a different sign. Jupiter is moving to a different sign. So there's going to be a lot of movement happening next year in 2023. So there is definitely a lot to look forward to. But the idea is that we have now a week, week and a half as we're moving towards cancer, the solstice. It's an important time of the year. So if you are experiencing a lot of transition movement, things are popping out of the shadow. It's great that they will be taken care of by June 18. So when June 2021 comes in the solstice, you can give birth to a new you in a sense, because that will be the day of baptism. 
So again, if you want to prepare ahead of time, uh, June 21, that's when we are having our uh, solstice, right? The winter solstice, uh, the summer solstice in the northern hemisphere, winter solstice in the southern hemisphere. And we'll talk about it next week uh, because I think it's going to be right before uh, the, the, the next show is going to be just before the solstice and what to do around that time. But if you need to prepare, definitely get yourself into some kind of a body of water. You know, there is an interesting ritual in the Ifa tradition or the Yoruba tradition that believes in the Orishas. It's more like the Akio-Cuban Scientology, Santeria. So the idea is that there are Orishas. Orishas are like these angelic beings, these energies that come from nature and embody aspects of nature. It's a personification of certain aspects of nature. And one of the ways to work with Oshun, which is the goddess of the river, is to go to a river, bathe in or baptize yourself in the river while you're laughing. Now, I think that I, I made my niece and my and her husband is my nephew married to uh, or born uh, not out of my sister's womb, you can call it, because both of them are very, very close to me. I consider both of them my nephew and niece. And both of them came to visit me. That's why we're here in Yosemite. And whenever there is a down, because they just flew from Israel, so there's a little bit of jet lag around four, five, six. Everybody experiences jet lags differently, sometimes more emotional. Some people get more sick. Some people get tired. It really depends. Jet lag basically is that your body flew really fast, but your soul and your memories are in the other place, especially because they have a new kid. I was two years old, so they're very much with her. So whenever you are flying, for example, and believe me, I fly quite a lot, you feel a little bit more jet lag if what you experienced in the place before you came was very intense and your soul is kind of still fragmenting and still processing whatever experience you had. And usually when we travel... We get a lot of synchronicities, coincidences, because we move to the realm of Sagittarius, which is adventure. So usually when we travel, we get more adventures, more stories per second. Therefore, our uh, soul uh, processor, you can say, is, is processing a lot of things. And even if you decided to fly on an airplane and you didn't 10 hours reach your, your country, it could be a different time in the, year, in the day could be even a different season uh, that happened to me quite a lot you have that feeling of a jet lag is as if your your body's trying to go to sleep so it could reconnect to the soul who is probably stuck a little bit in that place you've just been still experiencing through yourself through your mem memories of other people uh, through incidents that you had so around five six here in yosemite park even though we're surrounded with so much green and beauty and it's supposed to calm us you know they started feeling a little bit more down so i suggested going to the river there is Mercer River down here in the um, Yosemite Valley. And what we have to do is just get inside of the really cold water and laugh. Now, it's funny because when you take cold showers, which I take every day in the morning, but even if you go and jump into a river that is really cold, the first experience you're going to have is, is almost like laughter anyway. Anyway, some people scream, some people scream and laugh. And this is how you invoke the energies of uh, Oshun, the Orisha that is in charge of the uh, river. And that's how she heals you. She makes your heart pump really big. She brings your blood to your skin. It's a chemical and, and a biological healing that is done while you're aware of it so your soul can or your experience of the mind can also go through the same process of healing so try it every time you feel down every time your husband made a terrible comment to you or you had an experience that was really negative or you have a jet lag just go into the shower cold shower ice ba ice box if you have uh, put your head inside whatever i mean 
you know, of course, consult your doctor first. I don't want people uh, dropping dead just because they try to, you know, connect to uh, Oshun. But that would be something that can kind of start uh, the day for you or start that moment really fast. So again, that would be a really interesting thing for you to go. And I've noticed that that's something that uh, I always do whenever I want to shock the system. So if you can spend a wa- time in water, especially cold water, uh, during the 21st, you can already plan it. Maybe you can Google to see where there is a river next to you or a body of water. It could be an ocean also. Because the fir- 21st of um, June is associated with cancer, a cardinal water sign. So you want to prepare before it comes to make sure that you are, you know where you're going to be baptizing yourself. And the worst case, you can just do it in your shower, but make sure it's cold, cold, cold uh, water. That's for the 21st. We'll talk about it much more. And this is our um, full moon. We have a full moon coming up June 14, but it really depends where you are in the world because it's going to be a little bit on the border between the 13th and the 14th. But most places will experience it in June 14. It is the full moon in Sagittarius. You can see the sun is opposite to the moon and the degree is 23. 23 is always an important degree It because it is the tilt of the earth because of the uh, experience of the gravitational forces of the sun and the moon that The earth is tilted 23 degrees and she's going through a wobbling thing that brings us uh, the ages. So 23 has always been associated with a very important number. There's a lot of conspiracy theories around the 23 and 23rd, Illuminati and so forth. We're not going to get into that. But the 23 degree of the moon and the sun is very educational, especially because the moon is in Sagittarius. Sagittarius is all about truth, philosophy. Everything has to do with uh, the idea of connecting to your um, core of education, what you value in the sense of information. So it's a lot of time associated with morality. It's a lot of time associated with the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. It's all about teaching and learning. So that's an important a component of this full moon, something to do with education, something to do with traveling, something to do with foreign cultures and foreign traditions. Sorry, uh, it's already starting to rebel the internet, so I hope we can get it done before um, I'm kicked out. So if I freeze, um, it's not from cold, it's from uh, lack of uh, connection. I guess here in the middle of the forest, the trees don't need that much internet. Uh, By the way, the trees have their own internet. It's a mycelium that grows under them and connects all the forests together. But on the full moon, try to bring something to completion. Uh, The full moon is a feeling that you've taken all the air inside, your lungs are really big, your heart is pumping, you know, you're you're full of air and it's before the release of the air, the air, the exhalation. So the inhalation, uh, cosmically speaking, is taking place from the new moon until the full moon. The full moon, you are full of air. And then from the waning moon period, which is the full moon to the next new moon, you're basically breathing out. So there is something about having that full of breath energy, especially when we're talking about Gemini. So anything you can do 
on the fourteenth that relates to walking, cardio, hiking, exercise of breathing, breath therapy could be really good for you at this time. So anything to do with breathing will be great. Watch your liver. The liver, which means anger, can be a little bit more triggered uh, the next few days. So be a little bit more careful with that. So that's why drinking might not be the best. And it's kind of interesting in the Greek mythology, uh, the centaurs, which is half horse, half human, the symbol of Sagittarius, were known to be very charming, very uh, athletic, very interesting, very smart, but also very drunk. And that could be because of the association of Sagittarius to the liver and to alcohol. So again, be a little bit careful with the alcohol consumption in the next few days. But overall, the moon in Sagittarius is very optimistic and even the, the Sabian symbol for it is a bluebird standing at the door of the house. So, I mean... It's literally taken from what I'm experiencing here. So it is not a bad thing. You know, it's a bird of song that's standing in the uh, um, door of your house. It's bringing something new. Birds, especially the bluebird, is associated with loyalty, especially the loyalty in the sense of the home and the family in the nest. Uh, so it's actually an interesting full moon because we're not having too much drama with it, except that the moon is squaring Neptune. Again, illusions, deceptions. Uh, lack of boundaries, uh, relapsing. So be a little bit careful with that. That's the only thing that causes a little bit of a hiccup for that uh, kind of, uh, for this eclipse specifically. And actually Saturn is sending a beautiful energy to the sun and to the moon. It means that you can consolidate something for the long run. So this full moon is actually, which is happening, like we said, Monday, Tuesday, is a completion, but a completion of something you've been working for a long time, especially in the sense of communities or people, because Saturn is in Aquarius, and it's sending great energy to the sun. So there might be some help coming from a mentor, a figure of authority, especially if it's more, no, it could be a masculine or feminine because the Saturn is moving and sending a sextile to the moon and a trine to the sun. So together they create this beautiful triangle which is a positive, good triangle, and that could be really helpful. Again, with Saturn helps, it's always good because it doesn't tend to help that much because of his nature. And if he does come and kind of is very in a good mood, you should use it. When Saturn is in good mood, uh, we all can benefit from it. So again, in connection to the full moon, in connection to knowledge, information, and if it's something you always wanted to study, it is not a bad time to start it, even if it's a full moon stage, because in many ways, if it's related to your wisdom, it's related to truth, it's related to education, if it is something that you can learn and later on know that you can teach at the same time or after, then that will be something that Saturn really appreciates. And also, because Saturn is time, you might notice that in the next few days, you're completing something you've started a long, long time ago. Or you're coming to a realization that you have everything you need, all of your ingredients in order to make that special pie or that special um, project that you've been working in that might take a long time to manifest, but actually can manifest. So there is a key word for next few days is definitely manifestation, especially when Uranus is in Venus and Venus and the North Node and, and um, Minerva are all in Taurus. And that really gives us quite a lot of help and quite a lot of positive energy. So that's going to be a really good thing. The other thing that we're having uh, this uh, week 
is June 13. So in June 13, Mercury is moving into Gemini. So that's happening, I guess, tomorrow, which is great because this whole Mercury retrograde was really difficult. There were echoes from that Mercury retrograde residue, uh, the inertia. You know, it's almost like he was going so fast backward that it, even though he started going direct, we still feel a little bit of the pushes and or the forces pulling us back. So until tomorrow, Mercury was, uh, was in stationary in Taurus, which he doesn't like to be. So if you were worried too much, if you're freaking out about something financial, about some parts of your body and so forth, it might get much easier from tomorrow. So June 13, uh, we have a, the still in shadow, uh, still in shadow until June 18, but at least in the shadow of Gemini. And when Mercury is in Gemini, he flows much better. It's much easier to handle and things are going to get much, much um, better, especially with everything to do with communication, with business, with negotiations. Uh, all of those things much, much easier. So what I wanted to share with you and you guys can maybe um, participate in sending me suggestions. Uh, you can send it on my email or if you're on Instagram, you can send it through a message there. Because what I'm looking for are little clips of movies that represent from you your sign or a sign in general. Maybe you watched a movie and you said, you know what, that's such an Aries character. Or that's such an Aries clip. So if you can send me the clips, uh, if you find them on YouTube, that's going to be great. Or you can send me the suggestions. Uh, because sometimes, you know, obviously I'm not all of the signs, even though I have all of the signs in me. Wait, where are you going? Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that maybe I overlooked a movie and maybe I overlooked a sign. So again, if you remember anything or anything pops up, I'll give you some examples from what I do. I call it mythos logic. So not only I wanted to look at movies and scenes from um, uh, TV shows even that represents the archetypes, but also to see in what way the different archetypes can tell us uh, about the genre of, mu of uh, movies. So if you think about Aries, Aries, the keyword is I am. And I was thinking about the archetype of, the, of Aries is very much the liberator. We talked about it quite a lot in the class of uh, Aries. Uh, and the liberator basically means somebody who frees people and frees himself or herself as they're freeing other people. We gave the example of Moses and Jesus and Muhammad or anybody who is a liberator. And usually the curse of the liberator is that they don't see the results of their action. It's like the seed that doesn't necessarily get to experience the forest. So Aries is definitely stories and movies about the savior, Moses and blood, the liberator, and action movie, war movies will be very much connected to Aries. For example, with Aries, I usually show the scene from Gladiator when the emperor is asking the hero, who's a pure Aries, to take off his mask and tell him who he is, who is this gladiator. So that's very much Aries because of the keyword of I am. And when I thought about Taurus, I thought about the main character of Taurus is definitely Mother Nature. And I love to talk about uh, Taurus with Siddhartha, even though Siddhartha was a Buddhist that begged uh, for food all his life. So it wasn't like the example that we always think about uh, Taurus being materialistic and rich and seven star hotels. But of course, he did live in a seven star hotel. I mean, seven star hotel when he was uh, a prince, you know, before he decided on his Saturn return to go and seek for the source of suffering. So the idea is for Taurus is self-worth and ego. And I thought about uh, the genres is very much music videos and musicals in general. And the archetype is the talented. 
And I know it doesn't sound like an archetype so much. The warrior, the witch, the wizard, the mother, the father sounds like an archetype. But the talented is somewhat of an archetype. It's like the person who turns everything to gold. It's a person who is very much into his or her self-worth, meaning not in a bad way, not that they're egocentric, but they know their worth, they know their talents, and they're able to use them. And that's why the key word for, for Taurus is I have. So if you think about stories or movies, for example, I sometimes show, uh, from the movie Nine, uh, the scene of the prostitute singing and, to and, and connecting to the earth. It's a really interesting story and it's a musical. For Gemini, I like to talk about the story of Adam and Eve, the ultimate siblings that were also our, uh, you can say, mythological parents. And communication is the key word for um, that. I feel that commercials are the genre basically of Gemini. And again, if you think about another genre that might be associated with Gemini, definitely let you know. And the archetype is the messenger. The key word is I think. For cancer, of course, it's the archetype of the Buddha of compassion. But because it's feminine, I chose Kuan Yin, which is uh, or Tara as the goddess of uh, compassion. It's unconditional love. Of course, it's all about family movies or family TV shows. And a lot of times sitcoms that take place in one place, you know, like the shell of the uh, um, of the scene of the of the, of the TV show. And the archetype is the parent because always they talk about the mother. But as we now starting to in the age of Aquarius to morph the, the roles of genders, I'm not saying morphing the genders, but the roles of genders, we don't have to say the great mother or the great father for Leo and cancer. We can just call cancer the parent and Leo the child. I prefer that than calling the cancer the mother and Leo the father, like a lot of people do, uh, or cancer the mother and Capricorn the uh, house of the father. I, I rather look at cancer, the moon, being associated with the family, the parent, uh, the place that's secure. So any kind of family uh, movies or TV shows, we said, and the keyword is I feel. And the parent archetype could be somebody who never had kids. For example, the Dalai Lama is a cancer with cancer rising and he falls under the parent uh, archetype because he's parenting his whole uh, country or his whole nation in a sense because they don't have a country. Leo, the golden child, uh, creativity, entertainment, you know, the, the prince, you can say. Uh, it's very much about drama. It's PG-13. So any kind of films that are done for kids, it's very much Leo because Leo is the child. But in general, anything to do with entertainment is very much Leo. And um, movies in general, entertainment in general, movies are ruled by Leo. TV shows, we'll see in a second, are ruled much more by Sagittarius because it's mass media and it's a different way of telling stories movies and tvs are a little bit different movies are definitely asked i mean identified by the director a great deal of time it's a genre of the director and it's very much about entertaining you sagittarius is more mass media it's tv it's character based it's more the writer and a lot of time it is associated with longer periods. And I connect it much more to the archetype of the bard. So good TV shows and good movies will be a combination of Leo and Sagittarius. Entertainment and uh, education. If you have only education without entertainment, boring. Only entertainment without education. I don't even remember what the movie was all about. It was just kind of flashy and good, but I don't remember what it is. That's what we need for some good storytelling. We need that combination of both of them. Um, 
I will is the keyword for Leo and the royal is the archetype. Uh, the royal doesn't have to be somebody who had blue blood, anybody who is a celebrity, sport, major, I mean, somebody famous in sport. It's the famous person. Virgo, uh, the holy virgin, purification, she's the fixer, the clockmaker, but we don't use clocks anymore. So the fixer, whether it's the fixing of the company, the fixing of your diet, the fixing of your health, the fixing of the room. And I thought that documentaries as a genre really uh, is the best thing for Virgo. For example, for Virgo, I always show the clip from uh, Queen Elizabeth I, uh, the Virgin Queen with Kate Blanchett, because it is about uh, a Virgo and there is all the archetypes and all the uh, what makes the archetype of Virgo so interesting in that movie. And the key word is I serve. Libra is about the scales of Ma'at, Ma'at, the goddess of justice, the universal justice. I also considered beauty and the beast associated with that. Romantic comedy, romance, any kind of relationship associated TV shows or movies are associated with uh, that. Or even the genre of uh, court, you know how there are a lot of lawyers uh, shows, that's very much going to be under Libra. The, the archetype of Libra is the mediator, the, somebody who balances people. Scorpio, the tears of Phoenix. You know that the tears of the Phoenix can heal from everything. And Phoenix is, a, is this occultic, hidden uh, creature. With all the tradition I've checked, I mean, they all have some form of uh, a manifestation of this Phoenix, this, uh, fl this firebird that is self-begotten, comes out of her own self. And it is always associated with healing and transformation because it transforms, comes out of its own ashes. So the story of the Tears of the Phoenix is that if you can make a phoenix, if you can find a phoenix, that's already really almost impossible. And if you can tell a phoenix story, a sob story that is so, so sad that it will start crying, then there is a chance that you will be healed because everything heals from the tears of the phoenix, uh, the tears of the Scorpio. If you can find a Scorpio and if you can find a Scorpio that you can um, make them cry for what is happening to you because Scorpios are tough, then you're going to be healed because Scorpio is the healer. It's basically the keyword is I transform. The archetype is the witch and horror, thrillers, crime, spies, movies, zombies, vampires, you named it. It's all Scorpio. And we love these kind of uh, films because we love to be scared. Then we have Sagittarius, the wounded healer and the educator. Adventure, period pieces will be very much associated with Sagittarius. And they might even share some of the rulership over documentaries. It depends. If there's a lot of information there, it could very well be also associated with Sagittarius. Mass media, like we say, seeking the truth. And the archetype is the prophet. It's not the prophet so much that knows the future as much as the prophet that wants to create social change and move, uh, social reform. That was the prophets in the Bible, at least. I see is the keyword for Sagittarius. Capricorn, it's tradition. Patience is the, key, is, the, is the way to deal with Capricorn the best. Any kind of comedy, reality shows uh, is very much Capricorn. And the archetype is the manifester, the person that can actually make things happen. So yes, we have Taurus, which is uh, the talented one, but they would need the Capricorn, a fellow Earth sign, to actually make it happen. That's why success and ambition and career is ruled by Capricorn. And the keyword is I use. For example, I sometimes show the devil wears Prada. Also because devil is the card of Capricorn. But it's all about career and what you're willing to do in order to manifest your career. Aquarius is the story of Pandora. 
uh, the Pandora Box, Hope, Revolution. So anything to do with sci-fi, experimental, revolutions, um, stories about revolutions would very much be part of Aquarius. So any kind of sci-fi that you like about the future is very much the energies of Aquarius, invention. And the keyword is the inventor, the person who is causing reforms. And for Pisces, it's Alice in Wonderland, fantasy, movies of animation. Uh, it's the leap of faith, a jump into the unknown, and the dreamer. And the dreamer, uh, I believe, is the keyword for uh, uh, Pisces or I imagine. So anything that is super imaginative will fall under uh, Pisces. I sometimes show, uh, I, saw, I, I show, yeah, the movie Emily, the French movie Emily for uh, Pisces. She's very much a Pisces. So again, if you have any suggestion, I'm still developing it is. The archetypes might change one day. Maybe I'll publish a book about archetypes uh, of uh, astrology and how to work with characters because of my work with a lot of writers and people that are creative it helps me formulate that much more but at least we started it in a good time so you guys can be a part of it uh, so now let's see if um eh, 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 where is the what is happening this week hmm. show all windows Yes, here it is. So what's happening this week for us? Uh, we are talking about June 11th, June 12th, sorry. So this is not the right one, sorry. I thought I... Let me check to see. Cosmic Navigator, this is the one. Yep. So, what is happening from tomorrow's Yes. So, June 12 is today. Yeah, Sunday. And if we look today, yeah, you can see that the moon is still in Scorpio on top of the south node. That's why yesterday, today is a little bit uh, tricky. It's not the easiest time in a sense because Uranus is opposite the moon, Venus is opposite the moon, Minerva is opposite the moon, um, the North Node is opposite to the moon. More, what is moon? Moon is emotions, feelings. I'm trying to express my feelings, but then Uranus is saying, what, 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 what? And Venus is like completely, I can't hear you anymore. You've been talking about it this whole time. You're bringing me stuff from the past. Minerva is gone. It's opposing the moon. So there is uh, reason and emotions are in clashing. The South Node is on top of the moon, which basically means uh, moon, shut up. We're not interested in what you have to say. So it is, and Mercury, which is, you know, words and communication is opposite to the moon and in shadow. So if you're looking today uh, to patch things up, forget about it. Anything you're going to say is going to piss them off even more. I would wait a little bit more for the moon to move in Sagittarius uh, or further down uh, to start making any kind of um, trying to understand each other. So just try to be a little bit more uh, kind today, which is not easy when Mars is on top of Chiron in Aries, which is already a little bit explosive. So we have a lot of Aries, Mars, Scorpio energies today, tomorrow. So just be a little bit chilled out, especially because the full moon is coming and the full moon that is so close to the moon in Scorpio can be the werewolf moon. I know there is a wolf moon and there is maybe a sheep moon, but we should have a werewolf moon, which changes 
depending what time and what's happening. And it is very much associated with today and tomorrow. So by the time the bluebird is coming, we're going to have to first feel, deal with the werewolf. So again, as long as the moon is Scorpio, which is today, take heed. You're turning into a wolf or your partner is turning into a wolf. Just be a little bit more kind. And because Uranus is on top of Venus, it's unpredictable with relationship. Partnerships with work, partnership with life. And you add the full moon thing, it just brings up the stakes, the emotional stakes really high. So... Take your time, try to breathe deep, uh, be around nature as much as possible. And uh, if you really feel terrible, just put yourself in water because the moon is in Scorpio. Um, not to drown yourself, I'm talking just to kind of like cleanse yourself. If we're looking at tomorrow, the moon is shifting into Sagittarius, much easier energy. And we're getting closer and closer to the full moon. And the moon is getting good energy from the sun, obviously, from Jupiter, from Mars, and from Saturn. So the, uh, the June 13, 14, like I told you, manifestation, if we mentioned that before, that's going to make things happen much easier and much better for you. So really try to think about what you want to accomplish on Monday, Tuesday, and get things done because... We have that really nice energy from the moon to Mars, from the moon to Jupiter, from the moon to Saturn, and then the full moon with Gemini. So a lot of the energies are going to be shifting, especially because that day Mercury is moving into Gemini. And again, you know how, you know, I've, I've been here, I'll, say, I'll show you some picture. Uh, there's crazy waterfalls everywhere. And it's like, it's an amazing when water falls. You know, it's like something comes from above to below. It's kind of a reminder of, of the directions of life. So the same thing with Mercury. Mercury going from Mercury to, from uh, Taurus to, to Gemini, it's bringing down on us that Mercury energy. Mercury just like, in this case, it soars up. It goes up to Gemini, but it feels freer. It feels like you've been uh, stuck in a yoga pose for a long time and suddenly is allowed to um, release the hands. So there's this release of information, release of uh, uh, words, release of uh, pressure, in a sense, especially because it's an air sign. So definitely Monday, Tuesday, there could be things happening to release a lot of the pressure. Tuesday, June 14, the moon is going to be opposite officially to Mars to the sun, therefore it is a full moon. We said great energy coming from Mars even, especially in the beginning of this new moon, a full moon, which means action and emotions are tying together and coming together to a really good situation. The only thing I told you, Neptune, any boundaries, you know, you're going to help your friends because it's Mars in the moon, sending great energy. It's great. They're moving to a new apartment because they completed their time in one apartment. They're moving to the great. But boundaries, don't stay there all day long. Don't pick up stuff even though uh, you have a hernia, you know what I mean? Don't do things that are not comfortable. Learn how to say, listen, I promised um, another uh, a friend to help them out. I need to leave after two hours. You know, I'm not saying lie, even though Gemini, uh, sunny Gemini and Mercury moving into Gemini might kind of whisper little lies in your head. But I'm just saying boundaries are important. Even with yourself, any kind of boundaries to place there just because Neptune is squaring the moon. But besides that, there is really nice energy from Pluto even to Mercury, which is, again, communication of all forms can manifest in a really good way. So it's, it's actually very, very positive. And the fact that Venus is moving closer to Minerva on the 14th and the 15th means that then relationships could work much better. Clarity about communication, 
finding strategy to overcome difficulties in relationship, all of those things are going to become much, much easier during the full moon. And that full moon could be completion of a fight or a long period of time of discord that you might have had with another person or even with yourself. As we move to uh, June 15, Venus and Minerva are still together if you still need to work it out with something. But also anything to do with strategy about your finance, about your creativity, about how to move between your talents to make something happen. That's going to be great this week, the 14th and the 15th because of that Minerva-Venus conjunction. Remember we also talked about Venus-Uranus being there at the same time that Venus was opposite to the moon yesterday, today. So tomorrow it's coming out of there. So again, any kind of unpredictable craziness around finance or around relationship, um, it's good that you've experienced it and there is something healing very strongly in the next few days. Then if we move to um, uh, June 15, also the moon moves into Capricorn and the moon in Capricorn is sending a little bit of a tough energy to Mars. So there could be some fights within the home and the family Wednesday, Thursday, especially with mother figures or people who are older than you in the family. Or if you feel that your company or my office is my family, it could be with women who are older or have more power over you. But overall, it's especially strong because the moon and uh, black moon are opposite to each other. They're causing a little bit more clashes there. So again, just be a little bit more mindful of that. That being said, Mercury being in a better position can really help with any form of communication. So never underestimate communications, especially June 15 and 16. June 15 and 16, Wednesday, Thursday, we have also Jupiter and Mercury aligned very well to each other. So that also helps with communications, like the left and the right hemisphere are meeting together. Then on June 16, which is a Thursday, it's a little bit tricky because in one sense we have the moon sending a trine to the Uranus, to North Node, to Venus, to, Merc to um, uh, Minerva. Really good energy. It's very feminine, very wise, very practical, very pragmatic. So there's going to be a lot of help coming from women in general. Very good energy with art, design, colors. Uh, even financially, it could really be beneficial because there is a trine forming between the moon, Pluto, uh, towards all of these earthly planets. So we have 40% even more in our in the charts associated with Earth, grounded energy. So that's really positive. The moon is on top of Pluto on, um, uh, on June 16. It could cause, can cause a little bit of manipulation, power struggle, especially, again, within the family or with family members. But it's really not as strong as all of these beautiful trines that are happening in June 16. And June 17, the energy shifts because the moon moves into Aquarius, which is very compatible with the sun and Mercury being in, in uh, Gemini and the fact that we have still Mars and Jupiter in Aries. So we're shifting into more masculine energy Friday, Saturday, more action, more movement, spending time with people, friends, communities, groups will be very good. And the day after, we have a beautiful trine between the sun and the moon. So next Saturday should flow pretty well. It's again, the only problem is that we have the moon on top of Saturn and that ain't easy. So Saturday is a little bit tricky with family, family members. There's a trine, there's a triangle that's kind of a, a 
straight triangle. We call it a war triangle between Venus, Uran uh, the Minerva, Uranus, and the Moon. Especially uh, with the feminine energy, there could be a lot of clashes. So be a little bit more careful. Um, and there's a lot of triggers happening next Saturday. So you might feel triggered by family members, by ancient things that you're dealing with. So just breathe deeply and be as patient as you can with yourself and, of course, with other people. Um, so uh, feeling very heavy energy. Yeah, that's very much the heavy energy we talked about uh, from before. Um, let's see. Ah, yeah, I was uh, frozen for a little bit. Let me just show you before I part ways because I think I have to um, say goodbye uh, because I think there is some activity downstairs uh, for the checkout. But uh, just to um, show you, this is this I took yesterday. Uh, we went up to the um, falls there and... As you can see, the beautiful river transformed into the rainbow. It's as if the rainbow was flowing down there. So that was yesterday. And of course, if anybody who's been to Yosemite or wants to go to Yosemite, it is definitely the heart of California. And for me, the land here is extremely, extremely powerful. So if you ever get to visit California, I know that San Francisco is really important. Um, I know that Los Angeles is very intriguing and that other places are, but there is nothing like uh, this land where the redwoods and sequoias are uh, the kings of the forest. The Native Americans actually call them the kings of the forest. So we came to visit the royals of the forest. Well, thanks a lot for um, bearing with me in this uh, low-tech um and again, send me anything that you know or that you want to um, share about films and the archetypes and have an amazing full moon release everything you can and i will see you soon next week we'll be in my office again and the week after i'll be going to europe so goodbye Can. Wow. 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 Wow.